This is Hope FM. Well, Thomas uh, Heiner uh, Geldering is the executive president of ACN, which stands for Aid to the Church in Need. And he said this, what we all wanted to avoid has happened. Ukraine is in a state of war. Now, ACN has supported the church in Ukraine during the past and it will not abandon her at this very critical and difficult time. And to help me understand uh, the work of ACN and and what is happening on the ground is uh, Neville Kirk-Smith. He is ACN's UK National Director and he joins me now. Good morning to you, Neville. Morning, nice to hear you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for time. I know know that you've been having a very busy schedule and doing interviews all all over the place. But for the uninitiated, uh, Neville, maybe you could just begin by saying a wee bit about what ACN does. I know that you've been working into Ukraine now for a few years, but tell us a wee bit more generally about the work of ACN. I, I will, Blair. No, it's a delight to be with you and your listeners. Um, I've been at Aid to the Church for 31 years, and my first trip was actually to Ukraine back in 1991. I've been working there uh, for well over 40 years, indeed, in, in secret, going back to communist times. Um, and we've been, it's perhaps something that maybe your listeners don't know, and I, I even tell supporters of Aid to the Church and need this, that 85% of the population of Ukraine are Christian, um, which is extraordinary. I, I don't think that's really coming out in the press um, and Aid Church and he's been helping the sisters who are helping the destitute the poor they in the past and continue to do that witness to the faith teaching the faith encouraging people in faith we've been helping communities throughout uh, Ukraine in recent times especially in the east I mean the war there has been going on for eight years 14,000 have died and we've been helping the bishops and others get aid in there supporting the um, seminarians the trainee priests some of who would go out in pastoral placements to go and help the military chaplains again helping inter-denominational uh, relationships with supporting Ukrainian Catholic University and Orthodox and Catholics and Ukraine I think maybe again something we, we hear the sort of political the political fault line is also if you like a religious fault line between East and West um, and you have different churches there. And Aid to the Church in Need in particular is helping the Greek Catholic Church, which was highly persecuted. Many, many thousands, hundreds of thousands went to the gulags and many thousands were killed there and never returned uh, during Soviet times. Latin Rite Church, which also suffers, that's the Roman Catholic Church. Both of those two churches loyal to Rome. And the Ukrainian Orthodox Church attend a lot of things which we, we fund as well. And, of course, there's a Russian Orthodox Church there. Then you've got various Protestant groups which are important and really active at this time. So our main thing at the moment is to get emergency help in there, to show solidarity with our friends there. Um, and really, really to, 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 to get, I mean, perhaps I can tell you, Blair, your, one story that came through late last night, which we put out as a press release as well. Um, and I, I, I've travelled all over uh, Ukraine and in Kharkiv, the bishop there, the Latin Rite bishop, Bishop Pavlo, um, sent a message. He said, when, when, when there's a, uh, the bombing ceased for a bit, he said, um, we're really surprised and very grateful for the mobilisation of so many people, not only all over Ukraine, but also abroad. I would like to especially thank the benefactors who, through ACN, fulfill their calling to show mercy and love. I sincerely thank you all, uh, everyone at ACN and all the benefactors. He said, um, this terrible situation is actually showing good as well in the sense of how people are helping each other. He says, in a way, the evil we experience squeezes the good juice from the grape, and that good juice is our compassion, mutual support and love. 
it shows our true faces. God bless you all. Thank you. And at that time, he said, my message, I apologize, my message is short because we're under constant bombardment. And I'm a little bit nervous, but we try to act normally. God bless you. And, and these, I would, I would say one of the extraordinary things of Ukraine, after how Christians suffered there, especially in Soviet times, you know, I stood at the side of a mass grave in Ukraine. I've met people who were imprisoned in the, in, in, in the gulags. I met people who were interrogated and, and who are still there building up the church and the faith. As, the extraordinary thing has been the rise of faith in recent times. And that, for me, gives me hope. Um, and there's a good friend of mine who's the head of, I knew him before, he's in a bishop, Archbishop Shevchuk, um, Sviatoslav uh, Chevchuk, who's the head of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church. And he said... Um, our church remains with its people. This is the most important mission of ours. The last I heard, he was hunkering down in the basement of the uh, Greek Catholic Cathedral in Kiev. Um, and we've had other pictures from there and messages from there, people celebrating the liturgy with refugees. Stories as in Kharkiv, where the bishop's there with um, the Orthodox as well, all together trying to help. They, those stranded, the elderly, the sick, the young who can't get away, um, and whatever may happen, we'll be standing there trying to witness to the hope of faith in this terrible darkness which has come across Europe. I mean, one of the things that, that really has heartened us all is to see the outstanding bravery and courage of the Ukrainian people and of course that that also will be reflected in in the in in the many uh, priests and, and nuns and so on uh, who who are working hard behind the scenes what what news have you got coming through i mean obviously we know that kiev is still holding its it's grind uh, against, you know, the, the on, onslaught and so on. Yes. But, but obviously you'll be hearing it from the horse's mouth, is it? Where, what, what other news are you get, getting coming well, through? Well, very, very simple thing. I mean, there's a story we got again yesterday um, from uh, a, 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 a priest, um, uh, and he said uh, this young man came to him, um, and uh, he, 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 he said, look, he wanted to be baptized before he, and uh, to receive his first communion, because uh, he'd just been drafted into the war, you know, and, and people are coming almost for what we loosely call the last rites, to make their confessions, to come and talk to a priest, seek counseling, and to know that God loves them, because they know that it might not come back. But um, and one of the heads of the, the charity of Eparchy we know very well, and, you know, in, in, in Ukraine, um, she, she's in constant contact with us about help. And as you, you, you and your listeners will know, the men between age 18 and 60, indeed, if you're fit and over 60, are really being called up to help in any way they can. And many are volunteering to do that anyway, even before being asked. Um, but this, this young woman said, you know, she signed off a recent email with a sentence that speaks for itself. She said, my husband and two sons, both of whom are family men, have been called up. This is what life is like for us at the moment. Thank you for your prayers and support. And that, that is exactly it, that the church is standing with the people. And Archbishop Shevchuk said, we have to offer hope. We have to offer the help, the practical help to, to people. We have to stand with the Ukrainian people. And this is, this is 
you know, these are, this is a unity, if you like, in adversity. Um, and I think what has been encouraging to the church there, the, our faithful uh, partners, people we've known over the years, is that we're standing with them. The most important thing, time and again, and having worked for ACN and traveled in the Middle East and elsewhere during very difficult times, most important thing I'd ask your listeners for, firstly and foremostly, is prayer. That heart-to-heart being united with, with the people. And somehow I think it also challenges us, and I find this personally very much when I've been in Ukraine, to deepen our own faith, to look at the suffering, but also look at the hope, look through the cross as we come into Lent tomorrow. The Pope has called, and I think uh, Archbishop uh, Justin Welby and others as well, for tomorrow to be a day of prayer and fasting. It doesn't mean you don't eat anything. You just have a snack at lunchtime and one simple meal. And, you know, if you drink, no, no drink. Just keep it simple. Uh, but use that as a day of prayer and fasting, praying particularly for Ukraine and for peace there. And I think that unity in prayer is where it all starts, looking beyond the evil, the darkness, the light of the resurrection. Uh, obviously, as people look at those terrible pictures, I mean, we think also of the of the of the Russian soldiers who were there. I don't know whether you heard the news this morning about one uh, Russian soldier writing back to his mother and saying it's just terrible that they had no idea that they would be hand to hand combat and and in fact not hand to hand, but obviously using weapons against ordinary people. It does seem that that there's shock even on the on the the, the part of the Russian soldiers who have been sent in there. Yes, and, and, and I've had messages from, and I can't go into much detail, from my Russian friends, and, you know, we've got projects in Russia and have had over the many years, again, some, in, some had to be in secret years ago when I, when I travelled there, but I, 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 and all I can say is that they feel appalled, so many of them feel appalled by what's happened, and, um, and they just say they feel really betrayed and let down, and I think you're right that the, 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 the individual Russians, whatever we may think of Russians, and we, we mustn't stereotype Russians. I've got many Russian friends who are deeply spiritual, prayerful, uh, wonder, wonderful people. And these are the people, and I think many of the mothers in particular, as well as the young men, will be feeling what is happening there intensely. One thing that kept the church going there during the times of persecution was really the prayers of the old babushka, the mothers. And I think one thing that Putin fears most, to be honest, is the babushkas, the mothers. Uh, and that happened with Chechnya. When the body bags started coming back, he had to change what he was doing. And um, I think that may change. Um, we've heard, I can't verify, obviously, the number of protests there are throughout Russia, these messages coming back from people, reports of people not wanting to fight, not realizing they weren't going to be welcomed. But I think it's uh, the influence of the old mothers and the grandmothers um, at, a, at a really uh, village and town level, which may begin to change things, I hope and I pray. And I feel so sorry for those young Russian men and others caught up in a war which they don't see as their own. Neville, you've already said that tomorrow is a day of prayer being called by Pope Benedict and of course the Archbishop of, of Canterbury but also as well as, as those very important and very needed prayers, what practical things can other people do? Well, there are, we're getting help in. We've just promised one million euros to go in, and um, that's going into the different um, uh, dioceses, as we'd call them, exarchates, um, and two Roman Catholic dioceses covering the eastern regions in, in particular, um, and including we were able to get stuff into Kharkiv. Um, as the last I heard, Zaporizhia, Donetsk, Odessa, where I've been, Crimea, 
Um, and it was the priests who were the, almost the last people there who could get help in. And they were taking help for those who hadn't been able to flee previously. Um, and so um, we've got on acnuk.org, um, we've got an emergency appeal for Ukraine. I think other charities have as well. Um, and uh, we, we are rolling out a big campaign. We normally supporting a church in Ukraine and Christian Ukraine anyway. This is an addition, this is emergency help uh, there. To, to, so the sisters, the priests, the, the lay people we support can go out and help others. Um, they're all, we're already prior to this, uh, this terrible uh, increase and um, escalation of the war. There already were 1.5 million internal refugees in Ukraine, uh, some of whom were being helped with thanks to ACN um, in different centres which we'd funded with the sisters and so on. And obviously the flow of um, now refugees elsewhere. We've got an office in Poland of aid to the church in need. We've got offices in 23 countries around the world, but they will be helping, and I know we are committed to be helping there, uh, both now in the future, and God willing, in the, in the, in the rebuilding of Ukraine uh, too, and supporting the faith of the people. Um, I, I, I remember I don't know, in 1991, it was Holy Week when I went there, the church had almost been closed down. And I don't want to give this as a sort of sign of hope as we come into Lynn. And I went into a school, we had some child's Bibles we produced. And they went to be with the children, but the adults said, a Bible, we've never seen a Bible. And we had to give some of the Bibles to, to the adults as well. And the rise of faith, the growth in faith, has been quite spectacular. And we, without going through figures, we can just say that you know, the, the number of vocations there are to serve God in one way or another has increased greatly. And God willing, that, that sort of firmness, that uh, of faith, that uh, looking to God through the rubble and ruin of this life will, will really be a witness and a challenge to us all um, in, our, our, in our own lives. So ACN is committed. We're standing there. Um, you know, they are, being, they are being tested this time. We are there with love to help them. Well, Neville, thank you so much for joining me on on the radio today. Of course, if people want to ch- check, and of course, you're you're sending a, a million euros uh, in in aid. That's that's one of the aspirations that you have. I guess that if people go to your website, is that the best way to keep up to date? It is, yeah, and they can sign up to our e-news as well there as well, so acnuk.org, and um, I'm delighted I'm giving a talk in uh, Bournemouth at the Bournemouth Oratory uh, during Lent, and we'll have publicity and information out there, but go to Aid to the Church in Need, and, you know, email us in with any questions as well, and I'd just like to thank you, thank your listeners for their prayers, their solidarity, um, but it starts it starts with prayer, and that's a love that reaches out, and for, for us, for the priests and bishops there to know that your your listeners and, and people are praying for them is absolutely key this Lent. Never, we shall certainly be doing that. And just now I thought it would be appropriate if we if we played the National Choir of Ukraine uh, with a very, uh, well, it's a very poignant uh, hymn actually, which, which in fact we've seen them worshipping in those bunkers and so on. This is called yeah. Oh Come, uh, Let Us Worship. This is Hope FM.